Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Matthew chapter 18. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would be humble children of yours, doing the things that you want us to do. We know it's a great blessing that you allow us to be busy in your work, realizing that you could do it so much better without us. But you do use us to accomplish good things, and that's a blessing for us. We ask this through Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 18. At that time the disciples came up to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling a child to himself, he had him stand in their midst and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn around and become like young children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this person is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child such as this in my name welcomes me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him that a large millstone be hung on his neck and he be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of causes for stumbling, for it is a necessity that causes for stumbling come. Nevertheless, Woe to the person through whom the cause for stumbling comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter into life crippled or lame than having two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter into life one-eyed than having two eyes to be thrown into fiery hell. See to it that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven constantly see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a certain man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go and look for the one that wandered away? And if he happens to find it, truly I say to you that he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that did not wander away. In the same way, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. Now, if your brother sins against you, go, correct him between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take with you in addition one or two others, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses every matter may be established. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to listen to the church also, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you release on earth will be released in heaven. Again, truly I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about any matter that they ask, it will be done for them from my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me, and I will forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man, a king, who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he began to settle them, someone was brought to him who owed ten thousand talents. And because he did not have enough to repay it, the master ordered him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and everything that he had, 
and be repaid. Then the slave threw himself to the ground and began to do obeisance to him, saying, Be patient with me, and I will pay back everything to you. So the master of that slave, because he had compassion, released him and forgave him the loan. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And taking hold of him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay back everything that you owe. Then his fellow slave threw himself to the ground and began to implore him, saying, Be patient with me, and I will repay you. But he did not want to, but rather he went and threw him into prison until he would repay what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were extremely distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then his master summoned him and said to him, Wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you implored me. Should you not also have shown mercy to your fellow slave as I also showed mercy to you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the merciless jailers until he would repay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you, unless each of you forgives his brother from your hearts. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. This is the fourth discourse, the fourth speech of Jesus in the book of Matthew. This one is made up of answers to questions from the disciples. Jesus uses some extremes here to show us how important it is to avoid sin, to avoid harming these little ones. He tells us we have to become like children and that we should consider children very important. By children, he means these weak brothers and sisters. He talks about how we should be willing to cut off our hand or our foot or poke out our eye if they're causing us to sin. I don't think he really means this literally, a hand or an eye or a foot, but there are things that we will have to give up for Jesus. And if we are willing to cut off a hand, what would we be willing to put up with in a weak brother. Some people have given up their TV, a smartphone, the internet, a friend, a relationship for God, because these were leading them into sin. What would we not be willing to give up if we were willing to poke out our eye to avoid sin? Jesus gives the parable of the sheep here, showing how much Jesus cares for each individual last one, the most wayward person. And then he talks about correcting a brother. How should we approach someone who is in sin, one of these wayward sheep? So he gives us several steps to go through to try to reach this person. I don't think that he's giving us a hard set of rules that you must do it this way, but he's giving us in this teaching a way to reach this person in love that is most likely to reach them. We could follow this rule precisely, but go about it in an unloving way, an uncaring manner that would drive the brother away. Or we might do something similar, but not follow this as a rigid set of rules, but using wisdom, decide maybe at the first meeting we need to take someone along with us that that person looks up to, 
So I don't think that this is a hard and fast rule, but this is Jesus giving us an example of how we can accomplish saving this lost sheep. Having said that, I think we should be very careful about deviating from these steps that Jesus gives and make sure that we are making such a deviation in wisdom and in love for the person we're trying to reach. Jesus talks about binding and releasing, and he talked about this previously to the Twelve, but it appears in this context he's expanding this to all of his followers when he talks about where two or three are gathered together and agreeing on something. It sounds like he's saying that any believers could call upon this binding and releasing. And in the context, it seems like he's talking about this wayward brother that the congregation will bind upon this brother that he needs to repent of this sin. It is a sober thing to have Jesus giving authority to his people, and we should be sure we're always using it in love. So in this same vein, Peter asks this question about forgiving. He knows he needs to forgive, and he gives this large number, seven, which represented the Jews' completeness. So should he forgive this same brother seven times who keeps sinning and, and repenting? But Jesus expands it. He says 70 times seven, basically unlimited. Then he gives us this parable to show how what God has forgiven us is so much greater than the little forgiveness that we have to do to one another. So why wouldn't we forgive our brother? In fact, he says if we don't, then God won't forgive us. Another sobering thought. And now for a deeper dive. Do we have guardian angels? Verse 10 says, See to it that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven constantly see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So he says, Before you do something bad to a small, weak brother, consider they have a strong angel who gets to talk to God all the time and notices what you're doing and will tell God about it. That sounds sort of like a guardian angel. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13, it says, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all spirits engaged in special service, sent on assignment for the sake of those who are going to inherit salvation? So he's not saying specifically that there's one angel assigned to each person here, but that's the job of angels. Well, if God considers taking care of his people so important that he has these powerful angels doing it, what about us? Do we care about our brothers and sisters, the weak ones, and try to help them? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.